0: He gives a shit. I'm so fucking blue. Well, what do you expect? All you do is go to funerals all the time. I'm trapped. What's the goddamn point? Goddamn house arrest. My life is only death. I'm living in a grave. I beat prison, and for what? I have no children. Would somebody please explain this to me?
1: I can't explain it, Junior, but welcome to Cut to Black, a Soprano sit-down. My name is Jim Scampoli, and I've seen every episode of The Sopranos.
0: My name is Jacob Burrows, and I've seen 59 episodes of The Sopranos. And uh, yeah, it's a cheerful one, isn't it? <laughs> Apparently, and this may be a slight spoiler, more deaths in this one than any other episode as far as I read on in our knowledge database of The Sopranos, um, which shows what kind of show this is, that it's all funerals and like nothing violent or anything like that but anyway jim who put together this episode
1: uh this episode is written by terence winter who uh you know he's a soprano's mainstay and directed by steve buscemi as you may better known as tony egg
0: yeah, of course. Uh, now, that kind of blew my mind. Uh, you know, famous director Steve Buscemi uh, making his way into the world of television. I actually honestly don't know, and I haven't been able to investigate. Did he direct any other episodes? Do I even dare ask a question he like directed,
1: that? Uh, he directed Pine Barrens before he was on the show.
0: All right, that's yep. right. I forgot about that. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well done, Steve. Um, and, yeah, so I, I think he he's barely in the episode. Uh, he obviously wanted to be... Directing one, though he wasn't featured super prominently in uh, this one's more of a junior-heavy episode, really.
1: Yes, yeah, and uh, and going back to what you talked about with the with the five quote deaths, none of these are going on the. Uh, we can agree that none of these are going on the list, right?
0: Well, there's one that may be because most of them we haven't seen before they die, but we do see old eye patch, um, uncle the Zio. husband, uncle Zio, huh? Yeah, he he's he is in the show. Like, he's at the one funeral, and then he dies. But uh, we can leave that for the moment. Um, Let's see. So, this episode, of course, starts out with um, a a great family scene, you know, a classic family dinner. We're at Tony's place this time, um, which means that we're having hamburgers and hot dogs, which who would ever complain about that? Um, But, yeah, we have uh, the family over watching Beethoven, which I I didn't realize that was a dog movie, but yes, it's you've, a dog movie. You've never seen yeah.
1: Beethoven? It's about a Saint Bernard. I, there's like four of them, five five of them. Beethoven, because then there's Beethoven second.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I I guess I missed that one. Uh, I just when they said it, I thought it was actually like a film about Beethoven, and I'm like, oh, these kids are way more cultured than I thought. And it was a dog movie about a dog to get us reminiscing about Tony's dog that he has as a child, who went away on a farm, and they um, lived happily ever after.
1: Yes, Tippy. Um, tippy. It is great uh, that. Janice, like Janice, is us because we're surprised that Tony still yeah. thinks that, and even like knowing Tony and knowing that he's you know cynical person, rightfully so. Uh, and it, it kind of reminds me a bit of when Tony's talking to Janice after uh, Richie, after he disposes of <laughs> Richie's body. She's like, "What'd you do with him?" And it's like, you know, we brought him to a hill overlooking a oh, sunset. Yeah. You know, with pine cones <laughs> everywhere. Right. And she's like, really? He's like, no, Janice. What do you think? <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> very similar. You're right. Uh, but yeah, the dog got worms. They had to take him to a farm, uh, and it's like, no, he used to scoot his ass or whatever. Mom hated him, and they, they put him to sleep. Yeah. Uh, then or he gets. Did they? Yeah, or did they? Uh, he gets the call that uh, his his aunt passed away, a heart attack. Uh, got a call f- about. I don't know if it's from Uncle Zio, but they do mention Uncle Zio here. Uh, then we kind of go to that funeral.
0: Yeah, and we get to see him sitting there with his eye patch, glasses. More importantly, this is like Junior's. Uh, like we see two addictions in this episode. Like Junior is addicted to funerals. This other guy is addicted to gambling. Um, and. Tony asks if Junior wants to come look at, you know, his brother's grave, uh, Tony's dad's grave. And he's like, what, I gotta, uh, go to the after party. And Tony's like, after party, which <laughs> yes. brings to mind, you know, this, uh, previous funeral where, to- where he actually was singing and everyone was having a good time at this uh, funeral we saw yes. a few seasons ago now, I think, um, But yeah, uh, also, uh, uh, let's see, it's mentioned that he's on this new medication, so that's why he's more with it, I guess, which, yeah, that could work. Yeah,
1: he's on like some inhibitors, uh, and it seems like, I mean, he does seem like old junior, uh, you know, warts and all, like some of the bad parts, of course, are there. But yeah, he does seem uh, much more together and kind of aware, uh, which is a good thing, but I I guess in his situation, it also opens up the bleakness of his life where he has to, as we see through this episode, look, troll for funerals so he can just get out of his stupid house that he's been stuck in for years.
0: (laughs) Yes. Um, So then Tony goes over to the grave alone, uh, meets this lady, Fran, I think. Yeah, Um,
1: Fran Feldstein.
0: And, yeah, he asks if she knew his mother, and she recognizes him. Now, I have to wonder, looking back, if this was prearranged or not. Like, where do you land on that?
1: Like, if she knew he was going to be there? Yeah. Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, I guess, yeah, she could know that there was going to be a funeral. Um, I don't think so, though. Uh, But I I do think she sees this opportunity at the very least. Cause, and not, not that it's as sinister as that sounds, but it is just this, you know, you're a lonely old person and... All you want to do is tell stories of the good old days to someone else that will listen. And I like that as this episode progresses, like Tony's very eager to hear these stories. And and even before it comes to a head where he's completely done, he's already starting to get sick of it, like in the middle. Like you start to see the as he's getting like a little annoyed now and is not kind of into it as much
0: yeah um yeah i also land on thinking it wasn't actually premeditated yeah. um but like i start wondering through the episode as this does end up with her getting a lot of money and yeah. stuff and um so i'm kind of like hmm maybe mm-hmm. because you know funeral and whatever but like you said it doesn't have to be pre uh, meditated she can still bring up how oh he always said i should call his son if i needed anything at all yeah. and such and much like uh, Tony Egg in the previous episode, like when she gets some money, she starts spending it on fancy shoes, like exactly the yes. same thing that Tony Egg did, which is a warning sign. <laughs> absolutely,
1: absolutely. Uh, I do like that she, you know, says something about you know, sorry about your mother passing or whatever, and he he does give the line. At least she didn't suffer, and that was mm-hmm. kind of the 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 big through point of the funeral episode there, where it kind yeah. of all summed up to, well, at least she didn't suffer.
0: Yeah, that everyone just keeps saying it for no reason. And she can't even... I I think she doesn't hear it. It's like, she has this fun hearing problem that lets her mishear things. Uh, much like everyone in The Sopranos, they will just uh, repeat something incorrectly because <laughs> they're not paying attention. She actually does have a problem with it. Um, Tony then has a chat with Junior, who says... Who, who tells his version of events <laughs> that, uh, you know, he was going to marry this woman, but... ah. He he, lot he didn't have the nerve for it. So your your dad swooped in, and that was that. And I suffered in silence yeah. for years. Speaking of Sounds suffering, about right? Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of suffering,
1: he suffered in silence uh, on his end. Uh, yeah. it It is a nice. Um, I mean, even though we find out that yeah, he's bullshitting. Uh, at least what he's talking about, it's a nice bookend to where he is at the end of the episode because he is kind of talking about. This potential of a proposal and a family, and I mean, he, yeah. he makes he does have a line like, "How could I bring someone into this life?" Um, which we know Junior's not that. Uh, you know, chivalrous of like, oh, I would, but, uh, you know, I'm alone because how could I bring a woman into this life of ours, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's not
0: a thing. And <laughs> then it, it's
1: great because then it brings in, then it, he just turns to his table. He's like, did you bring your guitar? And he's like, oh, hey, start singing. And they're like, no, you sing. He's like, ah, I'm not going to sing. But he's having a good old time at the funeral because he's out yeah. and about. He gets to meet people and mingle a bit. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. Um, so speaking of mingling, we get a, um, uh what is it? Uh, Addicts Anonymous I would suppose which yeah. one.
1: Yeah, like an AA yeah. meeting here and we meet JT a TV writer who's played mm-hmm. by uh uh Tim Daly I believe. Uh yeah, Tim Daly. Um he was on this sitcom uh called Wings. I don't know if they got Wings over in Sweden, but that's where I know him from. It should be called out that Tim Daly does exist in the Sopranos universe, the actor, because Noah Tenenbaum rep- mentions that uh, his father represents Tim Daly as an entertainment lawyer. Because uh, right. I guess he was, in, he was in a David Chase sitcom that got canceled or something, so they probably threw that little line in because they liked him, but now he's an actor playing a different character, so fun little thing to point out.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I am scrolling through his uh his acting credits I, he was also familiar to me I actually saw him as the husband in Madam secretary the oh. show about the woman US Sec- Secretary of State that started in 2014 he's one of the main characters in it so that's uh, that's where I recognized him from
1: <laughs> oh good call out madam secretary yeah. mm-hmm
0: yeah, it's one of his like a lot of his acting credits seem to be like here and there sort of things Um. But yeah, that's that's where he's a, definitely a main character, and he's he's quite the character here as well. Um, talking about his writing credits, of course, we know this is something that Christopher's way into, and I kind of got the feeling in this first episode, or sorry, this first scene with them, that he kind of resents him already, because he's part of that world, you know, even Mm -hmm. though he is friends with him. Um, And I think they do uh, prepare us for this, and having him mention, like, a a writer uh, when he was in rehab. Uh, But... But yeah, I kind of got a feeling of like, well, Christopher kind of wants this too. So maybe he doesn't mind as much taking away the stuff that makes JT great later on, much like Tony would like strip away the things that he admires from someone to make himself feel better, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's a good read on it too, because this is very reminiscent of the Happy Wanderer, as we saw in season two. With uh, Robert Patrick, the T one thousand, what is his name? Davy, I think, uh, this is the character's name. Because uh, it's very reminiscent of some of the same beats. Because now he's getting caught up in a, in the in, I believe, the same card game. Uh, but it's weird because I I think you're right, but also I feel like Christopher is kind of more oblivious uh, or yeah. has a blind spot uh, more so than Tony, uh, where Tony had like it came out it was kind of premeditated and he kind of knew what he was doing and Christopher in like kind of hilarious degrees keeps trying to be a sponsor uh, <laughs> and not enable him uh, as yeah. we see throughout the episode but yeah I think that's an interesting take because yeah it is like he's taking away all these things that Christopher d- did want we saw for a long time with him working on his scripts and meetings with John Favreau and how he wanted to be a part of the, the Hollywood machine.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, which, uh, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Tony, like you said, he's the scorpion of the tail. He's He's yeah. got to sting you. It's like what he does. But with Christopher, it's really just like... Oh, do you want to gamble? Great! And then the JT in a later scene is like, "There's just something about that gambling yes. feeling that makes you just makes you tingle." And <laughs> Christopher's kind of like, "Huh, yeah, gambling's great. Yeah. Love gambling."
1: It's so clear that yeah, because he's like he even says like, "You know, I was never really into gambling before, but you know, yeah. it's it's such a clear." trading one addiction for another since he's not getting high he's getting that same rush and all the signs are there and he's saying it out loud and these guys that are going through the program and living the program they're not picking up on it
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and of course Christopher uh I mean when he like he keeps he he keeps enabling him obviously he's like oh yeah I, I run a game you can give me the money for that or whatever and I do wonder if there's some part of him that thinks about that but i think you're right i mean he is innocent enough to go like hey you like gambling i arrange gambling i can (laughs) hook you up i'm a good friend yeah
1: just (laughs) helping you out here
0: yeah um and then even when he starts owing money it's like well now you got to pay the money back like like these them's the rules and like hey i'll I'll even gave you a warning like and if you don't have it tomorrow like okay so now we got to beat you up but hey i'm still your friend
1: (laughs) yeah and i guess on the other side of that um jt and then similar to uh david david who goes to be a cowboy in the end uh, after he went through after tony put him through the ringer they he is also trying to take advantage of this friendship that he has with chris um yeah and then i also even wonder i mean he must be he's aware of what chris is into and he's weirdly dropping hints that maybe he knows Chris can hook him up with some of this stuff and take his betting action and then he's trying to take advantage of the relationship of like hey just give me some more time I'm a friend of yours and you know it's just not going to work that way
0: yeah Um, so stepping back a bit we do have Tony talking to Melfi about this woman that was his you know mother like basically like the good version of the mother that he not that he ever met her but like to his father this is like you know, the son to the knights that was Livia kind of thing. And she he talks about how she's an attractive woman. And of course, Melfi's like, hmm. And he's like, I don't want to fuck my mom. Come yeah. on, Jesus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't want to fuck my mother. Uh, but I mean, she's bringing up some good points too, like asking if this justifies infidelity uh, because Tony is putting all the blame on his mother. Um, and Melfi's kind of trying to inch him a little bit towards to, yes, Livia Soprano is Livia Soprano, and she should be blamed for the things she should be blamed for, but maybe Tony's father helped build Livia Soprano that we know, or helped put her in that place, uh, yeah. and, it, and it does get to the point where uh, Tony does come with a, uh, let, me pu- let me pull it up real quick.
0: I think I know what you're pulling up, but mm-hmm. let's hear it.
1: Yeah, it does, it does get to the point of, oh, poor, uh, did not play, oh, poor. Poor her, yep. right? You know? Wait. Yeah. Oh, poor her. But then, because of course we got.
0: Oh, poor you. Oh, poor you. Oh, poor you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I did pick up on it this time. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, he is talking about Livia at that point, like um, saying, Do you think maybe this was painful for your mother? And he says that line.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, poor her um mm-hmm. and then yes in going back to yeah the, the Oedipus complex because I mean I guess as we see it's never like outwardly said but you know Tony is kind of getting I guess kind of an attraction of this old broad uh mm-hmm. in a little in a little bit of a ways but I guess the main idea is more that uh he's you know he can't really admit that his father was wrong because then he'd have to admit that he, he himself is wrong because yeah. you know, he has women on the side and treats Carmilla like shit, uh, much yeah. like his dad did.
0: Absolutely, and he like about that as well. The scene ends with him saying, "Like you should have seen her in her house dress." Like, or, well, he also oh, yeah. said, "Like it's just an expression. Don't cream yourself, <laughs> to Melfi," because he thinks you know any therapist is so excited about people fucking their parents. And he says, uh, "You should have seen her in that uh, in her ha- ha- house dress with that hairnet. Uh, this conversation would be over in two seconds or whatever." Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I I do I did think about that. I mean, obviously throughout, but all, mostly in the scene where she sings happy birthday, obviously because that is such a an interesting and weird scene that I want to talk about right now because it's like it's like the not just the good version of his mother, but also like a hot version of his mother and he's not necessarily attracted to it, but it is like seeing a ghost or a shadow of his mother like the the opposite version of it acting all sexy is so many different la- layers to what is going on there and it's really hard to tell exactly where he lands there in his head
1: yeah yeah it's really interesting uh like just kind of storyline they have going out here because also you're you're kind of seeing like what happens to these gumas because it's not, we already know it. Do, it's not really that great in the end for the wife in general when one of these guys either goes away uh to to, to a farm <laughs> when, they, when he goes away to a nice farm yeah. to live out the rest of his days but never yeah. mind these these other women that were just you know ones on the side we've seen it a little bit with tony and arena and how She tried to have her thing with Zellman, and then Tony couldn't even let that happen. And that came and blew up in his face. But yeah, it's just a lot of of things between the past and the present and what what that means for the future. Uh, So really good stuff.
0: Yeah, I liked it. So uh, we've kind of gone over a a lot of the major uh, points there of the story, but let's go through the scenes anyway. We have Christopher and JT in a coffee shop or a diner, I should say um where they're sort of bullshitting having a nice time uh christopher admits to his slip up because he did well he he plays it down obviously yeah. says oh he yeah. had some fucking wine but obviously yes. we know it was a <laughs> bit more than that he did almost get killed um over it but um but yeah he has the correct reaction jt uh of like hey call me anytime in that but he does run out leading us into their later scene. Now I'm jumping forward again, but in their later scene, Christopher is the one who's like, ah, now I have the junkie super sense, and I feel it tingling that you're the one who's addicted, and he's right, and if only he could put that together <laughs> in his goddamn brain, <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. Um, but no, he's just relieved and sort of puts him into business with himself. Yeah,
1: like, oh, I thought you were going to do drugs. No, you're just addicted to gambling. That's not so bad.
0: Yeah. That one of them destroys your uh body and the other one destroys your financial situation yeah. and that's just fine apparently with me cuz people destroying their financial situation is what I'm all about. Yeah. Um so um, in it,
1: the middle of that, yeah, we have Junior yeah. kind of using his magnifying glass to comb through the obituaries, making a call to his lawyer cuz you know he needs <laughs> yeah. to get out of the house. Uh and then Tony goes to visit Fran at her house and he does see uh Tippy <laughs> in the picture with her son <laughs>
0: oh yeah uh, or do you mean um, what? What do, what is the name that she calls him oh uh, yeah I forget
1: it yeah I forget the. the their Bruce name.
0: is the son and I was for a moment I was like yep this is it Tony has a half brother like that's uh-huh. where my brain went at first they could have done that but the dog is even more heartbreaking mm. uh, freckles they called him <laughs> <laughs> Now this is the fucked up thing that usually when someone says they go away and live happily ever after on a farm it's like okay fine eh, you know they died but this dog went away and lived happily ever after with another kid like fuck that that's so hurtful Yeah
1: yeah it's so and and as we've learned last season Tony knows what it feels like to lose a pet uh oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> I believe it was in the uh the inter- intervention when he's upset that uh that well he's upset about Pyomai of course but he's also upset that Chris yeah. sat on the dog because he knows oh, what yeah. it feels like to lose a pet except for Tippi, who went to live on a farm but also lived with another kid <laughs> another family
0: yeah and he goes i mean still at this point like you said he never admits his father doing anything wrong throughout and he says like my mother made him give the dog away yeah but like did she really maybe he didn't like the dog you don't even like yeah don't even know
1: yeah because it is because tony even holds that up at the end he's still saying that you know his mother made yeah, him yeah. give the dog away but there's really no right. evidence of that
0: yeah 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 and, yeah, we find out that his father's slippers are there as well, like, and that get, they get into that more later. But, yeah, they uh, talk about the racetrack, like, the I don't know what these little cars are, but these little racetracks, and Hesh was apparently someone who was supposed to give her points or something, I don't know. And instead she got 500 buckaroos.
1: Yeah, yeah, apparently um Johnny Boy Soprano had an ownership in this with also with uh Phil Leotardo from New York and he had told like it's hard to say I mean I I guess I believe that he that that Tony's dad told her this that he was gonna leave the his piece of the racetrack to her um yeah. Cause it's weird. Cause I'm kind of with you when this is all playing out. You're like, is she's cause she is kind of manipulating this conversation a little bit. She's not quite as innocent yeah. as she tries to play it off when she drops the line earlier of, you know, your son, uh, if you ever need anything, give my son a call. Oh, you know that he took, he, he screwed me out of my retirement. Oh, we shouldn't even talk about it. Okay. You know, the piece of the racetrack, um, gave her 500 bucks. Uh, So, yeah, it does set Tony in motion. He wants to make things right. They take a ride to the racetrack. On the way, she pulls out a flask. Uh, One for the road, (laughs) baby. Come on. Let's have a little sip here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this looks like a road to me. Uh, Yeah, and he's impressed by this. And later he calls her uh, classy or sophisticated uh, after just having described his girlfriend as having, you know, uh, being sophisticated and then he describes her as having a lot of class and like there's some sort of parallel there he likes this aspect of this woman who will who is a bit weird and will just drink from her flask and like I was also thinking of um was her name Irina the uh, uh no the other Russian girl oh uh, um, oh uh Svetlana? No.
1: yes Svetlana
0: okay yeah because there was like he likes something to be a bit off about his women (laughs) yeah like Svetlana like this attitude she had that was more attractive to him than anything else about the whole thing I think um and I think that's the case with most of his relationships so he's also like liking some of these weird things um I don't remember who I think it's Hesh maybe saying that there was something off about this girl and that's something we certainly start picking up on as well but that thing that's a bit off is also what's kind of attractive to Tony as well not necessarily sexually attractive but still
1: Yes, yeah, and that's this is also where we learn where she's talking about Junior is practically a stalker, always got weird phone calls, and he's always skulking outside her <laughs> building.
0: Oh, fucking Junior. And I, like, maybe some of what she says is a little bit into question, but I believe this 1,000%. Yeah.
1: yeah, absolutely, I agree. Yeah. Uh, um, um, and yeah, kind of intercut with that, we have the, we'd already mentioned this, but JT and Chris are at the gym, and Chris mentions that he's jonesing and as we said but this is also m- where they make the first connection on you know he could take some action you could put some money on the Yankees or whatever it is uh yeah. and you know hey all well, this things are going to work out then back at the track they see that it's you know this does feel like where things maybe seem premeditated because they just so happen to be there when it's sold uh, but then again, it's just like someone throwing a bag of money out to Tony B. You know, things are working working overtime here so we can get this story going. So things yeah. kind of get get amped up a little, That like Tony wants to kind of settle this and do right by her because it was his father's wishes uh, now that the place was sold.
0: Yeah, and Tony goes to talk to uh, Hesh about this, and it gets a little bit heated. Like, we know Hesh is pretty particular about things and, like, what money he has to give up to things you know and like who's gonna get what points and he wants things to be fair and square and uh yeah i mean i don't i don't believe that uh johnny uh soprano ever said to hesh like i want her to have the points or maybe i don't know she probably did say it to her but it was probably kind of bullshit and then you know when hesh gave her 500 that was probably like not you know I don't think Johnny would be like rolling in his grave over it.
1: Yeah, but I think Tony does bring up a good point here because he's also like Tony's never seen any of this money either. Because at the yeah. very least, well, yeah. Tony should be getting if it was part of his father's thing. Even if it wasn't, if him being the boss, this is similar to maybe when he's coming up on Feech, Like, why am I always coming up on the other end now, hearing about <laughs> things until you know it, it? Until I have to hear about them. Uh, so. At the very least, Tony has a claim and has to see that. Uh, I, I'm surprised that in the end, I mean, there were no jumping around. I was totally expecting to be like a Polly situation when, you know, they kind of decide to give him 150 or whatever it is. I was waiting mm-hmm. for Tony to be like, yeah, you're coming into 75 grand or something. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. But I guess it is because Tony to him, this is like big respect to his father. And again, building his father up, which in extension is building himself up. Uh, yes. So I guess he wouldn't scam her because that would kind of undercut that.
0: Yeah, no, that's the really weird thing, because even with her getting a cut of it, it being sold, like, it's running for so many years, he would have had, like, he's never not put his fingers into something going on. Like, I've never seen him not do that. Yeah. And in the end, I was like, did he leave the bag there, or, like, did he take the bag? <laughs> I wasn't 100%. I was like, maybe he was, like, happy with the little bit. Because when he... Anyway, we can get into that. But with Hesh in this scene, he... uh It is interesting that they touch on, like... Uh, Tony's saying, You're well you're my father's friend and you're my friend and Hesha's like, I never fucking see you. Yep. And it's like uh, one of these interesting things where sometimes the Sopranos acts like, oh no, this guy's been around forever, and we know him, but then sometimes it's like, Hesh hasn't been around a lot, and that is actually kind of meaningful. They they were, you know, palling around a lot, but then they had that awkward 2am conversation that Hesh brings up, and Tony's like, that was Great. like one time. <laughs> well, yeah, <my laughs> therapist on vacation. Uh, yeah. Like <laughs> um, which is really interesting, um, because, you know, uh, Tony Egg got that call and he could can't call him on it kind of like because Tony Egg is you know uh, a subordinate in a way and I feel like hash is kind of outside that system and he can call him on his bullshit a little bit
1: yeah because I mean especially going back to kind of the beginning, even though Silvio is like thought of now as the more consigliary like advisor role, it really felt like he was going to hash a lot in the early seasons. Um, And again, I mean, I'm not sure. I I don't know how much of planning was involved around that, but they're using it well here uh, in this particular case. Yes. So we also get to
0: see um, Junior's uh, lawyer arguing for him to get to go to this funeral, and it's a big score that he gets to do it, uh, and we get to see him dress up for it later as well. Intricate with that, we have JT showing up at the Bing and, yeah, it is right that Christopher's a bit weird for having him meet him in a bar <laughs> and that, but that's not really the problem at the moment, but they're not paying attention to the real problem, so never mind. Yeah. Then we get to a meeting where they actually divvy up this whole racetrack situation. And it's interesting to see, you know, the New York crew sit down with, uh, with Jersey and, like, what are the d- dynamics going on right now, right?
1: Yes, yeah, because... Um uh, and, and especially because Johnny kind of sides with Tony here, or at least Tony gets whatever he wants, and then the rest, they're figuring out the other stuff. Hesh does have the the, the, the most valid point because he's been the only one, like, dealing with the thing because Tony's been kind of out of sight, out of mind, uh, and Phil's been in jail. Um, but we do see that similar thought. Uh, we see with Phil... That similar idea that even Carmine had that, you know, Jersey, a Jersey family that's a glorified crew, uh, because he even says the line is something like, uh, you know, Jersey, come on, because I I do like seeing Tony going at him here, because he calls him boy or something. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then Tony's like, you know, this isn't the 70s anymore uh you know and he's like oh just a it's just a it's just a expression he's like you know what else expression 24 hours or two weeks or whatever the fuck he says uh to get my money yeah (laughs) in the middle um
0: and i think johnny sachs sides with tony because um things are up in the air and they kind of want jersey on their side you know because he's there's kind of an underground thing war of sorts going on yep. in the shadows cold war maybe at this point but like johnny sack is ruling things right now he doesn't want it to pick another fight especially because if tony decides hey guess what johnny sack doesn't seem like a great leader in new york he could easily like help out the other side a little bit so uh i think that's to him this racetrack doesn't matter so to him it's like yeah if i could give tony the thing he wants jesus christ and he, and he hasn't gotten paid for it for you know ever either <laughs> so let's just uh Let's just grease these wheels a little bit. I mean,
1: because we know he feels like Jersey's a piece of shit as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, then we have, yeah, t- Tony and Fran again. She's making him tea or coffee or something, and she pulls out the JFK hanky. Now, Tony, in the, in the beginning, is he is still looking at his watch. He is kind of, like, ready to go for whatever reason. It's not yeah. as, I guess, copacetic as it was, although he's, he's uh, taken aback by this JFK story and the handkerchief. He's kind of into that. Uh, yeah. but oh, yeah. i feel like this is where we we also first start to see fran start to put down his mother and i don't think tony would admit it but he's i don't yeah. he's not liking that cuz er, yeah. in the other scene she's saying she's putting him down da- she's putting down uh livia but not really she's saying she was handsome and statuesque mm-hmm. uh, which are they're nice things to say but there is like an undercurrent but here she's outright saying like You know, when you're married to a powerful man, you need to make him feel powerful. Oh, I saw a picture of your mother on New Year's one day. It looks like she was dressed like a refugee.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And Tony still ends up with giving him uh, money to get the phone turned on and pay her rent and all that in advance. And she says, oh, your dad would be so proud. Again, showing she kind of knows what she's doing. I mean, she, she at least knows that he would appreciate that. To me, it's kind of weird that he's still there. Like, there are so many scenes where he's there. And yeah. it's like, I guess you don't have anywhere you ca- exactly need to be. But I'm also like, wasn't there a war going on in New York? Like, isn't there <laughs> so some true. business yeah. to attend to? I, I don't know.
1: And, uh, well, I like how they just casually it gets brought up that, yeah, her phone's off and she needs to pay her rent. Because... There's no real inkling of that beforehand because he's like, What do you, in the first scene, he's like, What do you need? And she's like, Nothing. And then when yeah. we first see Tony at her house, it seems like, Okay, it's all well put together. It looks nice. She's in her, she's got her own place. But there, you know, as the, it's kind of like as this episode goes, with the seams, we start to see beneath the seams and kind of that she is off and there are weird things about her. Yeah.
0: And then we get to a card game. And whenever they have, like, television writers or, telev- like, actors, anything like that in, they get to have some fun with it. And someone asks if, like, one person writes one character's <laughs> lines and another person writes the other character's lines. And JT's like, no, you you write it all. And they're like, interesting. <laughs>
1: it's great because I'm almost positive that probably that's taken from just, like, a writer's real, like, a TV writer's yeah. real life. Like, someone's asked them <laughs> that question. He was like, annoyed. Uh... And yeah, it's it's so similar to um, David because it is like Chris is there, you know. Uh, JT's kind of losing, and Chris's like, all right, well, I'm gonna head out. And then when we see him again, it's like it, it's it's like two days later almost because like I was calling you all day yesterday. He's like, yeah, you're still yeah, here, it's like two days. and it's the same thing where then he has to go up to whoever's like running the floor and be like, how much are you in for? Uh, and he's down what fifty-seven boxes of ZD, I believe.
0: That's right. That's right, and uh, I mean, that's the thing. Once you're at the table, it's like, yeah, we're just going to keep letting you dig yourself into a hole, I guess, Um, and he doesn't seem to realize the gravity of the situation at all. Um, I mean, this was quick. like, This is a quick descent, but I guess that's always the case with these types of gambling situations when you're digging yourself down really fast. And especially
1: Um, because we know it's the whole thing of him just finding his new addiction and it not seeming like it's, oh, well, it's not like I'm on heroin. I'm just playing yep. cards. I'm just be- be- putting some money on the on the horses or the the, the Yankees or whatever. Exactly. And so it, between those, we do have Tony
0: uh, and Valentina fucking and he gets distracted by like some art of dogs on the wall, which is a f- very interesting scene. I think part of it's there to remind us that Valentina's there. I mean, he mentions her earlier, but I've not seen her in forever, it feels like. So there's that. And then like the dog thing is such a soprano thing that it's just kind of to remind us, I think, that even despite all the positive stuff around this woman, he kind of or she kind of stole his dog, even though she didn't realize it <laughs> yeah um so there's some resentment there as well
1: yeah yeah absolutely it's it is classic sopranos, and yet once again tony dealing with animals and how they're you know uh, symbolizing whatever in his life at that particular moment and tying in with his family, and he gets it's like. Uh, I don't know if it's... it's. I guess it's because it's on his mind, so he can't, you know, complete the act. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's, he's, you know, really trying to fuck her hard and, you know, give her the old Tony Soprano.
0: Yep. And as we've already established, Valentina's, like, the young version of uh, Fran, not only because, you know, she, he described her as having class and her as kind of similar, uh, also because, I mean, she, they're literally, like, the girlfriend to the they're they're the Guma to the wife that is Carmilla or uh, Olivia Soprano so there's yeah. the parallel there and then the dogs there yeah I wouldn't be able to come either Tony um, so let's see yeah Junior, have, yeah, junior yeah Junior gets junior, word okay.
1: that Sal from the dry cleaners, his kid died he, he's seven years old drowned in a jacuzzi that is horrible and it is like they're reaching the uh, you know the peak of this joke of like you know, uh Junior going to all these uh funerals and it has to get to the point where he's where a poor mother is crying over her lost child and Junior's making comments on the chicken and it's got like a nice tang to it or a nice spice to it or whatever. <laughs> Yes.
0: Uh, Good stuff. Um, So besides that, uh, just as um, Christopher's about to get started collecting money, Tony's also interested in collecting his money from uh, Leotardo, uh, Phil Leotardo there, uh, who kind of ducks him and drives off. I don't know where or if they're meeting up or or what. It's just a pizza place and he has an ice cream, but he burns out of there. And Tony... Does his Mario Kart thing that he loves, like, chasing him down. <laughs> Basically, he's grinning and all, and uh, makes him run into a truck and then goes in and shakes him around and threatens him, says he has 24 hours, and, uh, yeah, fun fun stuff for Tony.
1: And Phil's playing it great at first because he's just doing the, like, I didn't see him, I don't hear him. Like, it's, it's almost feasible because it's, like, the cars are zipping by. He's just looking at his car. and He's like, hey, Phil, like, hey. Uh, and he doesn't even give him a look until finally he's in the car. He's like, oh, I got to go meet John at the restaurant or whatever. Yeah. And I like the intercut because he's listening to the clash. Uh, we are oh, yeah. seeing a clash here as well between these two characters, which because Phil's just been in the background. This is kind of the most prominent for him. Uh, and if you're into like mafia movies, you know, Frank Vincent, he's in like everything. Uh, R.I.P., mm-hmm. by the way. But, yeah, and then when it's intercutting to in Tony's car, you hear his radio, and then you cut to the outside, and you got the traffic noises and everything. And it harkens back to the pilot when he's having fun chasing down that guy with Christopher when he hits him with yeah. the car uh, outside. This is Tony at his at his bliss. This is Tony's finding his bliss here
0: exactly um so we see jt at his laptop and hilariously we get to think that maybe he's getting his shit together (laughs) we get to see his room with like dr strange love poster which is fun and i know it's a nice classy place and that he's just playing a fucking game and that's when you know this character's fucked
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's such a great scene i love because i bought it for a second too and i've seen this before and I'm mm-hmm. still like, oh, yeah, he's he's working on something now. And it's because the way he plays it, too, because he is doing the thing. He's like thinking. <laughs> then he goes to type. And it's such a especially, you know, we, we like to think of ourselves as writers as well. Any writer has been in this moment where you're like, ah, I should go work on something. And then you're just doing bullshit. Fucking yeah. wasting time. That's classic <laughs> <Absolutely>. writer's life.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So start another podcast. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> always a way to waste time. Yeah. Uh, So let's see. He you know, Christopher shows up, JT bullshits him, says I mean, I think he kind of believes it that everything's gonna turn around and come up for J T, but because he has that addictive personality, he doesn't wanna see it. But um yeah. Christopher says that you look, you're getting fucked over, uh, and I'm gonna fuck you over (laughs) if you don't do this. Like that wasn't the deal. I'll be back tomorrow. Like don't make me a jerk off. Which is was the whole thing with Tony as well? Like he can't look like a jerk off. Like even if he wanted to cut him some slack, obviously he can't look like a jerk off. So everyone knows you owe fifty-seven large ones. So you better start coughing up.
1: And he does bring up um, because what I think JT's still talking about this Dick Wolf meeting he's going to have, or but now it's yeah. tur- it's changed from. The earlier in the episode, it's meeting with Dick Wolf. Meeting with Dick Wolf. Now he's meeting with like Dick Wolf's assistant or you know partner or whatever. Now it's changed a yeah. little bit. And then Chris brings up you know ah those people I met with John Favreau. He stole my ideas, which I guess to be fair he did steal or at least the D girls stole the 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 story. Oh no, John Favreau heard the story as well. They did steal his yeah. story. Uh, so it does kind of it, it does wash. Uh, but yeah. Uh, then we have what. Uh, Tony's at dinner now with Fran it really is so much like him hanging out with this lady all the time and it is I get it for her she's getting a a piece of the past where yeah she's getting money she's going to these nice restaurants now of course she got a little money from Tony so now she has the shoes much like Tony Egg when he bought his shoes in the last episode Uh, so it's but it's still like to, to Tony's point of view here it's like why are you still doing this
0: yeah, no. This is, I think, the point where I was like, uh, "Okay, a nice dinner now as well." I see, yeah. and you're wearing a suit, Tony. <laughs> Did you put on a suit when you went out with Carmilla? Like, are you? Do you? Are you sure you don't want to fuck this broad? Like this old broad? Mm. I I don't know because it is a lot. But you know, we've we've settled that. Uh, I mean, he sits here and eats alone, like we saw at the end of <laughs> the last episode as well. So I think he just has his dinners here anyway. So of yeah. course he brings her. But. But yeah, he um, he, he br- notes that she buys shoes instead of paying for the rent. Yeah, I thought you were gonna get your
1: phone turned back on. Do- back on. She's like, oh, I couldn't help it. He starts bringing up how his uncle's CEO is going downhill, and and we see another glimpse of like, I guess maybe in a weird way, they're kind of showing us that she's s- more similar to Olivia than we, yeah, than uh, he'd like to admit, or even we we've seen, because she doesn't react. Or even, you know, act like a normal person. She gets all excited that, like, the wine shows up or whatever. Ah, my knight yeah. in shining armor, I believe she says. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the cracks are getting deeper uh, as Tony spends more time with this lady.
0: Yeah, no, that's a it's a great point. I think that's uh, it, the similarities between them. Kind of maybe highlights the same thing we were mentioning that Tony is attracted to people that are a bit off somehow and maybe johnny also would not have been attracted to her if there wasn't something special or weird about her and yeah. like yeah i don't think that empathy is there as it should be totally in this situation because you can at least or usually people would at least fake it uh, and she doesn't even try
1: yeah yeah then we have uh little Polly and chris show up at jt's house and JT still Uh, I guess pretty ignorant to this lifestyle and and how things work here. He tries to, what, introduce himself, uh, uh, and, and try to introduce himself, kind of play it off. And he says, you know, you know, the stuff I've been through, you know, what possibly can you do to me? And I think Chris says, you know, I think we'll figure some. I think we could figure something out. And they start beating the shit out of him.
0: <laughs> yep, they break the poster. I thought uh, that Christopher was just going to take the poster. <laughs> He's like, I like this movie, <laughs> but no, he, he smashes it over his head, gives him a good beating. And then we move to the contested death, Jim. Because ah, yes, Mr. Eyepatch is in the coffin now. I obviously someone who hasn't been in it. All the other characters, no, of course not. But this character is in two earlier scenes. He's at the funeral at the start, and he's sitting there at the dinner with, with Junior when Junior's like, oh, who wants who's, who has a guitar? Let's get this party started. And he's sort of glaring at him. He's showing that he has some sort of character. He has a name. He's in the episode previously. I think we might have to count this one.
1: All right, you know what? I, I'm with that. Yeah, we can't count the other ones, like the seven-year-old boy and, and his wife and all that other stuff. Those are similar to the other funerals Junior was going to in the... Yeah, earlier seasons, but yeah, I think I'll give you this one. So yeah, we got to put it up on the old uh, on the old scoreboard there. So let me throw it up.
0: Yeah. yeah. So for everyone keeping track at home, we are at 46 deaths and 16 stormouts. <laughs> um, pretty good. I mean, the ratio is a bit skewed <laughs> by now. Yeah. I also felt that like he. If he didn't have his eye patch classes, maybe I didn't want to do this, but he stuck out to me so much with those that I'm like, that's character. That right there is a character, and he deserves a number.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, and it is like uh, we see that, I mean, not only between Father Phil, and it's nice use of Father Phil here. Just to He's popping up at all these funerals, uh, and he does make a nice speech, and it's all kind of hitting home for Junior because he's talking about how He's, You know, Uncle Zio. he's died a mere 15 days after the love of his life. They had this great life together. They have a family. They have kids. All these things that Junior does not have. Plus, he's been surrounding himself with death and misery for the past 15 days. Uh, and it all really comes to a head for him. Yeah, he starts weeping, and it's like
0: kind of, at first, acceptable a little bit because he's crying, but he's obviously not crying about this guy. <laughs> and that kind of is obvious yeah. where he's like, oh, what's the point? <laughs> and they kind of rush him out of there. Now, at all these funerals, Jim, the woman who's always at the funerals, is she at all of them, or, like, what's the deal there? Is, oh, is there, yeah, that uh...
1: character? What was that character's yeah. name?
0: Like, something uh some Um, sort of time or something right i yeah i I just assumed you had this i should
1: have had it you you got me you called me on it Mm,
0: stumped Uh. you stumped you, I did um while you're looking into that of course we have another great tv goof as JT goes to try to sell his Emmy and they get to go well if I had an, if you had an Oscar maybe I could give you a little something <laughs> or you know an academy award <laughs> an academy award but tv <laughs> so I always love when they get to shit on their own medium or like show how other people don't respect it even though they're doing something great with it
1: I'm not finding it it was like 12 to 9 or something like that
0: it does sound right. It does sound right. Um, but maybe I, I, it's just that you said she appears in all the funerals. So I was like, well, if she appears in all of these, that'd be something. I'll um, have to
1: look it up after. I, I'm, I'm spacing yeah. on the actual, the, the name for it. Uh yeah, and moment. I can't Google Soprano's anything yeah, so no, you don't I want to be Googling like Soprano's funerals or anything like no. that.
0: No. <laughs> exactly. Okay, well we'll return to that in a future episode. Um, oh, and
1: uh, well one thing yeah what you're talking about as far as uh, uh like poking fun at like writers, poking fun at TV and stuff like that. They do bring yeah. up I think it's in an earlier conversation with Chris and uh and JT the, the this sitcom, or maybe it wasn't a sitcom, this show, That's Life, which I don't even remember, but I guess it mm-hmm. premiered a year after uh, The Sopranos, but it was about an Italian family, but it was they weren't in the mob. And I guess right. pa- uh, Paul Servino, one of the guys on it, they kind of had some bad things to say about The Sopranos because of the way it portrays Italian Americans with the with the cliches. So they kind of right. get get to take their own shot at it. Do they call it like Guinea light or something like that. Or let me see if I have it here.
0: Yeah, I mean, Christopher says that that shit wasn't realistic anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: That fake Guinea fest with Paul Cervino. That's totally. Yeah, yeah that was totally unrealistic. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. And yeah, I guess that cast and crew uh, from that show, they used to brag that their characters weren't in the mob. And the star went on record chastising The Sopranos for being uh, defamatory and announcing that he would never be on it.
0: Wow. Great. I'm sure they'll dress someone up as him and kill him. Because, <laughs> you know, usually I like... Uh, you got to respect when someone's like, no, we are above this and we shall not uh, let it get to us because we make proper art here at The Sopranos. But uh, it's al- also fun when they're like, that piece of shit? Oh, who would ever watch that? <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, little Polly comes with the 1200 to uh, to Christopher um, he was, he's handing it over no problem, but he's also, uh, been using, and Christopher doesn't like that. Um, and he, yeah, I suppose we, we have to talk about this scene with, it's, it's like another scene with the two of them, um, yeah. in her house drinking, like, wine or something, and she's gonna cook for him, and he brought the money this time, and, and... All of that stuff.
1: Yeah, she's making filet mignon, and then, yeah, she's telling the story about a trip she went on with Hesh and, uh, like, Hesh's girl and Tony's father, and they made a stop, and she was getting cigarettes, and yet another red flag for Tony because, you know, his father had, like, emphysema, and he could barely breathe, and she's like, oh, no, he wanted me to have cigarettes, and Tony even brings up that even his mother quit smoking uh, because his father's health had diminished uh, so much. Um, so he's getting annoyed about that. He's like, oh, all right, finish your story. Go ahead. Uh, and then Tony does bring the JFK hat and we get this famous scene where she puts it on and starts, you know, singing happy birthday, Mr. President, uh, trying to be all sexy and sensual. Um, and I guess it, it, cause the other side of it is, I think she is aware a little bit of what she's trying to do. Like, I, I don't know if she's straight up hitting on him, but she does want a piece of that past back because clearly that's like yeah. the peak. I mean, that, and that's for a lot of people. I'm not saying like most people that you, you always got to remember the good old days and this is kind of the, yeah. the, her next best thing to having it. Um, and yeah, the way it's shot, the way she plays it is great. Like, yeah. And the way it's shot, it's like, she's kind of center frame and it's weird, like point of view. Um, and then Tony's reaction to it of kind of like, Revulsion but also intrigue, I guess. Uh. Yes. (laughs) It's
0: a good description and her eyes are kind of like reminiscent of Livia in that there's some like madness in it and her all dolled up in this hat and like they they kinda highlight her wrinkles in a way to make her seem, I don't know, when she's smiling and doing various sort of expressive things with her face it makes it very weird and dreamlike kind of and yeah tony doesn't know what to make of it i think
1: and and it's just another example too of like the like the masterful job they've done with this show because i mean here we are now in in season five and i'm um, even in in real time with the show like years removed from the premiere season Uh, And years removed from the the, the death of the actress that played Livia Soprano. But she's such a looming uh, shadow on this show, and especially Tony, and such a a big part of it. I guess in a similar fashion to how uh, Ned Stark is to Game of Thrones uh, in a weird (laughs) way. Like, it's still such a big part of it and how it affects things that play out and how characters react and how they change or... um, you know react to given situations
0: yeah that's a great point um actually i will i was gonna leave this uh until the end but we did get since you brought up livia and her shadow that she cast and everything we did get an email to shows what you know show oh nice. at gmail.com from uh, katie who is catching up with the show now uh so she's a little behind might take her a while to hear this uh right. but she finished season one Um, And I'll just read it for you now since it's kind of related. I'm catching up with your Cut to Black podcast and listening to your discussion whether Livia did actually have a stroke when Tony is shouting at her with the pillow. I found this really interesting. As a few years ago, I worked in a home for people with mental health issues. One of them was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, which is what Melfi says Livia might have, and this person did actually pretend to have a stroke. I suspected it to be an act straight away, but we had to call for an ambulance, etc. anyway. Uh, The scans all came back completely clear, which baffled the doctors until I explained her mental health diagnosis, but they still kept her... uh, But they still kept... uh, Uh, This act up until 24 hours later when there was a miraculous recovery. So watching this scene now, I definitely know uh, someone with that condition might do something like this and be pretty convincing unless you know them really well, uh, like Tony might uh, when he shouts that she's smiling. Thanks for the podcast. I'm really enjoying it. I'm into series three now as a rewatch, having uh, seen it before over 10 years ago, watching it with my partner who is watching first time and thoroughly enjoying his reactions. Ha ha.
1: Much like you, Jim. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like the mirror image of our, our relationship. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, it's very um, cool. Appreciate the email. Oh, look, I'm sorry. good.
0: No, I was just going to say, what's your take on that?
1: Uh, well I'm still I still I, I believe that because i I've always been on the uh, very similar to maybe junior situation where it started out as a fake thing and maybe yeah. in a weird way it's like that's how you manifest it in yourself whether yeah. it be that your body has an inkling that it's coming so you lean into it or you kind of weirdly force it but yeah I do think initially in season one, it was a put-on by Livia Soprano, and then Tony, being the one that does know her so well, is the only one picking up on it, uh, and everyone else is just kind of, you have to, you, you can't be like, ah, she's faking, you know, you do have to get the paramedics, bring her to the emergency room, etc., and go from there, uh, but yeah, I, I'm on that side cool uh,
0: looking back on it I think so as well I might have another opinion if I watch it again but that is also my thought maybe because we've talked about it so much that's now been cemented that that's yeah. definitely what happened
1: um, uh, I, I do want to call out too there was actually someone they didn't send us an email but they commented on our webpage Um, on the episode uh, going, since we're talking about season one responses someone made a comment on season one episode nine Boca uh, that's the one with junior you know going down south with i guess this ties in because junior yeah you know now he's feeling alone and he did have his kind of guma mistress girlfriend what have you that they had a very good relationship and then he threw a pie in her face. yes uh but yeah he's uh this from mateo i love the show finally watching the sopranos for the first time and while i can't listen to your podcast fast enough to keep up with my viewing of the episodes i still enjoy them very much Couple of things I did not hear mentioned uh, within the show. It seems the taboo on going south is something more feared by Uncle Junior than Tony. Uh, I well, let me finish this thought. Probably generational. Uh, Tony makes it clear to Carmela he wants to keep her to keep quiet about it, but it doesn't seem to be a deal breaking uh, deal breaking unforgivable sin to him. I kind of disagree with that because I remember in that scene. Tony and Carmilla yeah they're joking around about it but Tony I feel like gets very serious when she's like oh like you never done it and he's like oh this is serious you don't let that anyone know I feel like yeah. that's more showing that they're all like that they mm-hmm. all are um, you know uh, going south uh, d- giving cunnilingus if you will but it's not mm-hmm. something that needs to get out in public because it's an image thing and as you'll yeah. see Mateo or depending on how far you are into the Sopranos they love to play with That it's all about image. I mean, especially we just saw it recently with the, you know, the Adriana incident and Christopher, because he's always going to be Joe Jerkoff because everyone uh, knows and everyone has their own take. Uh, He also does point out that the pie in the face scene is a nod to scene in the classic James a Cagney gangster film the public enemy Cagney's character sh- uh, shoves a half grape through it in the face of his girlfriend played by uh, Joan Blondell. now when you go through oh, the we podcast know. We know that. <laughs> as you go through the podcast Mateo uh, in between season two and three we do watch that film and we do discuss that so uh, yeah thanks for the comment hope you've gotten this far I do understand you're probably marathoning it and then going through the podcast and it's uh, much appreciated
0: yeah very cool so uh we probably should have saved this for the end but either way there's a few more scenes in here <laughs> I Christopher think, goes to
1: oh. I, well if i could pat ourselves on the back i feel oh, yeah. like uh we tied it in pretty well uh oh, you're right with pat, with pat the current indeed. things
0: mm-hmm. um so quick scene with christopher and a very fucked up jt and you know uh Christopher hilariously says, well, why didn't you call me? Because the sponsor wasn't available. <laughs> yeah. He just kind of stares at him like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's
1: it's nice because I feel like he is sincere here. But, yeah, there's just that lack of self-awareness of what he, you know, he is. Even though he said earlier, like, I'm not going to enable you, he enabled his gambling addiction clearly. Uh, yeah. And looking at it real quick here, the scene ends on Chris, uh uh, let me see yeah we, we, why don't you call your sponsor why don't you call me it ends on chris like kind of putting his head it, in his hands and turning to the side and then it cuts to tony in like almost the same position uh in Melphy's oh, yeah. office so it's kind of interesting
0: mm. yeah he does the old ah like throw the hand in the air <laughs> yeah. and then yeah uh, then we're there with tony because tony now all the negative stuff about this woman uh from the grotesque kind of dance in his brain, uh, has come to a head. Um, where he's complaining now about the slippers being there and maybe there's, you know, there's something wrong about the whole thing, but he and he says he started thinking about it and we get flashbacks, um, to when uh to to when Olivia had a miscarriage and like he couldn't reach his dad because his dad was at this woman's place, and he's only putting that together kind of now, um, because obviously he was probably more focused on his ma at the time. Well, yep. he's more most focused, mostly focused on TV. Um, yeah. yeah, he's like a then, very, he's an a- yeah. very AJ in that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they do get to the hospital the next day. And
1: well, like, even uh, before that. Uh, well, actually, maybe it is. Okay, I'm sorry. No, continue. I didn't mean to cut you off oh okay. called- uh, yeah
0: they get there the next day and we see a young Livia soprano uh, great I, I have we s- I'm sure we've probably seen her before but she gets to act like old Livia soprano but in a way where it actually makes perfect sense the way she's upset and yelling obviously because of the situation and all, everything she says is so true which is a situation we have very rarely seen her in um, which is a great way of highlighting you know the contrast between these two women and everything and of course I uh, Back then, already, um, Tony is... helping out in the lie he's building up the lie of his father being a cool guy and then later at the end of the episode he's still doing that we were talking uh last week about how you know this is a show about how characters maybe don't change or they get pulled back into doing the same sort of thing and this is him like on the edge of like starting to really hate his father kind of and then instead he flips it over into like no we definitely were at that game and he's a great guy and this gal oh J- JFK almost broke up uh, with his wife over this whole thing yeah even though she didn't even claim that because he has to big it up even bigger in his head to make up for all the horrible stuff in his life yes
1: <laughs> yeah because yeah, again like it all comes back to as well as to Tony because he's like his dad especially in this respect as far as having a guman and, and you know being like a lie and a cheat So if he admits that, you know, there's something wrong with what his father's doing, he has to admit there's something wrong with what he's doing and how he's the one that is at fault for where, like where his marriage is at and where his family's at. So yeah, Yeah. it's, it's good stuff. And I like that the way it's played too. Like I, I, you know, we've talked a lot about the the use of flashbacks and sometimes it's not great, but I really like what they're doing here. Um, And I like that when it comes out of the story, Tony is almost at that point of like kind of seeing it from Livia's side here, yeah. but then he goes, fuck her. Uh, and, you know, kind of has to go the other way. Uh, and mm-hmm. plus, I mean, I just feel for it. I didn't realize this. So I was reading about it after because we have seen young Livia before. I thought this was the same actress, but I guess it is a different one, but she's okay. still playing. She's still playing it. It feels the same. Cause I mean, we've seen young Livia like in the scene with the, with the meat where she gets all kind of turned on that, Johnny yeah. boy brought the meat home and, you know, cut someone's fingers off and took over the pork store or back when she's watching the race riots on the TV and telling uh young Tony to wear a bulletproof vest <laughs> when he goes outside. <laughs> Cause there's riots going on. Uh, but yeah. I feel like it, I, I, she, this actress kind of pulls from both her and, you know, old Livia from season one and it, it, it all works. And, you, yeah. and it is one of the first like sympathetic moments for her because his da- Not only is Tony's dad a piece of shit, but he's, he's a piece of shit that he puts Tony in that situation and makes yeah. him like have to choose and cover for him. And also, his mother sees right through it and does see that her son has chosen her father over her. So, you know, it, it, a lot of good stuff there.
0: Yeah, and from, from his point of view, maybe it's more that her knowing that would just hurt her more in that moment but you're right I mean of course she can see through that so it's just now you you stabbed her in the back there so in the future back in the future um Melfi lays out what Tony actually does need to do like let her go and forgive her at this point with seeing these parts it's almost like okay she was not a great person she had her faults but like she can go away now and we're done with this because guess what she had reasons for being the way she was and yeah she didn't do the best job but like let's be done with this yeah. um and he almost is there but instead he's like ah he she made him give up our dog even though as we said earlier yeah. there's no real evidence of that he's lashing out against his worldview changing because if his mother is not a big thing looming over him then maybe his father would become that and he actually is his father so that would mean hating himself instead of hating someone else
1: yeah yeah absolutely and um because then he even tries to rationalize it to like you know or if he didn't give it away maybe she just would have had him, she would have had him killed so now it's almost like a better thing that yeah. tippy lived with bruce or whatever his name is and yeah, the other I mean, family freckles, yeah. yeah freckles uh yeah poor tony man poor tony give him a car chase already let him <laughs> let him chase someone down let him beat someone up just to yeah. cheer him up a little bit So
0: uh, Christopher drops uh, JT off with his sponsor to get into rehab. And I mean, this is about as reasonable as I would expect someone in the mob to be. You know, we'll figure it out. Look, I'm obviously taking your car, but like... You don't need it in rehab, so win-win. And we're going to figure this out after. (laughs) He says there's no chemical solution to a spiritual problem. (laughs) And JT just kind of looks dazed by the whole situation. And uh, Christopher gets to pat him on the back, and I don't think he sees any problem with what he's done, um, which is great. No development for him either.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then, then we have that scene that we heard at the top of the show where Junior's at his doctor's and they're thinking maybe he's having these mini strokes again uh, or the or the medication's not working. But I mean, in actuality, it's like it's working perfectly and he's just kind of way more clear on the choices he made and the life he has to live now. And it really is that he is just asking, what's the point? Like, why? Yeah. who cares that I beat my case? I'm alone in my house and I can't leave. And uh, going back to the Sopranos session, uh, they have a good kind of write up on this episode talking about the theme of like blind spots through between Christopher and Tony and Junior. And yeah. by the end, Chris and Tony get to kind of live victorious because they can't, they can hide behind their blind spots. Uh, Tony doesn't have to face what he doesn't want to. He can make up this story about JFK and everyone's like really intrigued and you build up this mistress that his dad got and how cool he was and Chris can hide behind the fact that he's he is trying to be helpful as far as drug addictions concerned and he's yeah. he in Chris's mind he's probably he's being way more reasonable than someone like Polly or uh you know Patsy or any of the other yeah. guys would be if with someone in this situation uh but Junior doesn't have that anymore he doesn't have anything else to hide behind and he just has to face the life that he's trapped in so yeah it, it it all works
0: yeah that makes sense um that's a good way of seeing it and yeah just the final scene there is with tony talking about this stuff at the bing and gets to like brag about the whole thing and you we see already there is like a simpering sort of <laughs> like oh tell me more boss yeah <laughs> yeah it's so great the way he plays that <laughs> yeah great shot and like even um yeah uh let's see Yeah, so I I think that Tony Egg is, like, he's the only one who kind of, like, doesn't buy it and he doesn't, or at least doesn't engage with it at all. Like, because he's kind of like, well, this is... And it's not that I think he's like, oh, Tony's lying. It's more like... Tony's going through something here. <laughs> like he has yeah. such so so much like emotional sensitivity to these things compared to the other characters. I feel that he's actually picking up on that. I don't know if I'm overanalyzing that, but still,
1: yeah, I think you're onto something. And I, I think it's like an interesting choice too of how it's intercut with the stripper dancing because it's like yeah. one fantasy and another fantasy in a weird way. Like just building this up as you know, this it, these are things that are not real uh and again i guess just to, you know and then it, we we end on a nice shot of tony you know smoking his cigar and sipping his booze let's just drown it all away let's let's push it down and not ever uh these things that feel bad push them away hide them don't think about yes. them <laughs> absolutely
0: <laughs> yeah i feel like maybe it was not in this episode maybe it's the last one but it was a cut to a stripper at some point That was an excellent sort of edit Uh, Suggestive choice But uh, I don't know where it was So never mind Um, That does wrap it up for this episode Thank you for sending in your feedback To showswhatyouknowshow At gmail.com If you want to do that With your thoughts On wherever you're at On your WeWatch Send it to showswhatyouknowshow At gmail.com You can also leave a comment On our website of course Or simply a review on iTunes Which would be much appreciated in addition to that, there is, of course, JimandThem.com for Jim's other podcast. Way more successful than this one. Okay. Guy. He has a Patreon and everything. Check it out. That's true. And Awesomepedia.org. I, even I can't say it. Awesomepedia.org. It's like a Wikipedia, but it's awesome. And you'll find all my shit there. What, what? else, Jim?
1: Great name, by the way. Well, I mean, I guess Thanks. there's just one more thing that to be said here. Uh, well, I, uh. I guess I should call out... Um, If you're interested in this sort of thing, uh, we are breaking down Game of Thrones last season on our website, showswithunod.com, and our YouTube, so you could be on the lookout for that. You can kind of take part in that discussion as well. But there's also one last thing to say. Ah, what's that? Cut to black.